This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television program. Also, if you're listening on radio or shortwave, welcome. We're in the conference room here at World Ministries International yeah, with our staff, and we're going to be going into prayer right after this message. In ministry, if one is going to do something big, something great, they need to delegate. Whether it's in a home, business, church, or worldwide ministry, The only way to survive the pressures of life and prosper is to delegate. Proper delegation makes a family, business, church, ministry, or governments of nations run smoothly and prosper. No delegation or bad delegation destroys the prosperity of the organization or nation. My message tonight is the need to delegate or why delegation works. Now, if you have a Bible, turn with me, please, to Amos 3, 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Delegation. Whether it's in a home, husband and wife, or any other area of business, organization, ministry, government, the people you work for must agree. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Husband and wife, let's just take a family structure. They need to be agreed. They should not openly argue in front of their children. You're breeding a problem. You can laugh it off, but when that kid gets a little older, you're not going to be laughing when he works you against each other and wants to pick sides and then uses the other parent for justification for rebellion and disobedience. You know, the, the funny nature is over. There will be no more laughing. You have a hard time raising your kid. Two, walk together unless they be agreed. Critical in delegation that people are on the same page. 
you pick people on your team that's not on the same page, you got a problem. They're going to undermine you. They're going to talk behind your back. They're going to whisper. You got a problem. It would have been better not to even have them on your team. Point number one, God's authority is supreme. But not all people are willing to submit to God's authority. In a theocracy, however, there, no one should question God's authority. In a theocracy. One day that will happen. Jesus will return. He'll put his enemies under his feet, so to speak. It's at the Battle of Armageddon. He'll remove ungodly leadership from governments and nations. He'll put in righteous leaders to represent him. A theocracy. I can't wait for that day. I'm so tired of the nonsense in the world today. I'm tired of the nonsense that you see all over the place. I'd love a theocracy with God leading. Authority is the right or power to establish order and to enforce standards. Delegated authority is the responsibility to act on behalf of a superior actual authority, to act on his behalf, whether you're the general manager acting on behalf of the owner, but now you're acting on the behalf of the owner, you have authority, delegated authority from the owner or ownership. With these definitions in place, we can easily see how the principle of delegation operates. Authority is assigned to individual leaders who oversee the well-being of others. In the family and in the church, the delegation of authority directly affects the spiritual development and ministry of others. See, the family. Again, we come back to the family. I come back to the family a lot because the family is the strength of a nation. The family is what God ordained. He created family. I know the Democrats are trying to destroy the family. The, the, it's not how God instituted it any longer. Man, woman, baby. It's men and men. Women and women. Woman and an animal. I don't know how many definitions they have any longer if it's 25, 30, of family. I read where even somebody married a building. Wow. I think that would be uncomfortable at night. I mean, I wonder how many splinters you got in the process. I mean, uh, this is insanity. Can you imagine a marrying a building? Uh, Who slept on who? Did the building sleep on you? Well, if it did, you're dead. I mean, you know, you say... It's sarcastic, but it is so stupid, ladies and gentlemen. What is going on today? We've lost our sense around the world. They think we're nuts. They think America has gone crazy. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, this wouldn't be a topic. All of a sudden, we're racing 
word seems like hell itself. Authority within the church is established by appointment rather than election. Now, some churches have election. That's not the biblical way. You can even have some churches where they vote out the pastor. That's not the biblical way. We set it up apostolically, where, again, the senior pastor, when he leaves, should turn it over to a spiritual son or daughter. But it shouldn't be up for a vote. Everyone comes in like a career, and now we leave it up to the congregation to vote. That's not biblical authority. That's not the example in the Bible. Moses did not tell the congregation, let's vote for the next leader. No, he appointed Joshua, and that was it. There was no debate. Joshua is a leader. And that's how it is through the scriptures. Authority within the church is established by appointment. It should be instead of election. Of course, most denominational churches operate sometimes through some form of electoral process. And that's why there's a problem. I've seen huge churches elect the wrong person and a church of 5,000 goes down to 50. Crazy. I mean, do we let our children vote for the parents every two years? I would say when they're four or five years, uh, every one of you parents would be voted out because the kid wants his way. And you're stopping him from watching his favorite television program, eating candy, not going to school. Hey, you're voted out. All they want is a rebel that will lead them. Isn't it, Sue? That's how stupid elections are. Of course, again, denominations operate many times through elections. Still, true authority comes from the top down, from God to men. Let's look at the story of Moses, Exodus 18, 13 through 27. It gives a good look how delegation should work. Moses. I read, and it came to about the next day that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood about Moses from the morning until the evening. Now, when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as a judge and all the people stand about you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, it comes to me and I judge between a man and his neighbor and make known the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. You surely will wear out both yourself and these people who are with you, for the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. Now listen to me. You know, it'd be good if son-in-laws listen to their father-in-laws, huh? I think so. I know a few that should. Now listen to me. I'll give you some advice, son. I'll give you counsel and God be with you. You be the people's representative before God, and you bring the disputes to God, and then teach them the statutes and the laws, and make it known to them the way in which they are to walk and the work they are to do. Furthermore, you shall select out of the people able men who fear God, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain, and you shall place them over them as leaders of thousands, hundreds, of fifties, 
of tens. Let them judge the people at all times. Now, did we see the criteria for delegated authority? Select out of all the people, able men. Not all men are able. Select able men who fear God. You know, that's a high criteria. Do you fear God? If you fear God, if you really fear God, then you're not going to get involved in schisms. You shouldn't get involved in murmuring. If you do, you got too much pride. And so you got a problem with your pride. And so you complain a little bit. If you want to, if you want to know somebody that has too much pride, and if he's supposed to be working under somebody, if he complains or murmurs, he's got too much pride. Pride causes trouble. Pride also probably stops his prayers from being answered properly. There's no victory in pride. It hurts us. It stops us. You know, God hates the proud. He gives grace to the humble. We're supposed to pick able men who fear God, men of truth, those that hate dishonest gain. It's a major problem in a lot of governments. It's a major problem in Congress in the United States. Where are these people becoming multi, multi, multi-millionaires? There's graft somewhere. There's bribery somewhere. There's taking mon- money from China somewhere or Ukraine somewhere. Maybe their boy is taking money. Maybe their boy's a crook and their father tries to get him off by threatening to fire somebody in the previous government of Ukraine. I mean, could that happen? Oh, God forbid. But it could happen, I think. Looks like it did happen. Somewhere along the line with somebody. Those who hate dishonest gain. And you shall place those over them as leaders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them judge the people at all times and let it be that every major dispute they will bring to you. Okay, if it's too big of a problem, bring it to you. But every minor dispute, they themselves will judge. So it'll be easier for you and they'll bear the burden with you. If you do this thing and God so commands you, you know, he gave counsel, but he said, put it before the Lord. If God commands you, if God says, yes, this is good counsel, then you'll be able to endure and all these people also will go to their place in peace. See, if you don't govern properly, even in the home, mother and father, there's not peace in the home. The children hate watching you yell at each other, complain to each other. You're not making peace, you're making confusion and they're having a problem and they align themselves with whoever they can manipulate. And then you pass that on where they have a problem in their marriage, fighting all the time, complaining. If you must fight, go behind closed doors, get away from your children. And if you can't do that, that means you are so proud you probably should have never got married because all you're going to do is pass your trouble on to your kids. A generational curse. You just got too much pride. It'll be easier for you and they'll bear the burden with you. If you do this thing and God commands you, you'll be able to endure and the people will have peace. Don't we want peace in the home? Amen? Don't we want our children with peace? You want them all messed up. They need to go to counselors for the rest of their life. So Moses listened to his father-in-law and did all that he said. Moses chose able men out of Israel, made them heads over people, leaders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And they judged the people at all times. The difficult dispute they would bring to Moses, but every minor dispute they themselves would judge. And that's a good way. That's delegated authority. Could Moses done a better job? Probably. The reality is the senior pastor usually can do a better job. But the reality is the senior pastor will kill himself. And if the job is too big, he won't get it done unless he has a team. 
So even though he might not like the way they do it, he needs that team if he's going to survive and if they're going to do something greater than he could do himself. Nobody has enough time to do it all himself if you're trying to do something great. David could not beat the Philistines by himself. He killed Goliath, but the armies of Saul defeated the Philistines. Yes, David rose up and encouraged faith, but the armies of Saul chased the Philistines off the battlefield. Yeah, David again led the charge. He killed the giant, created faith in the armies of Saul, but David did not himself destroy the Philistines. He's of Saul. We need a team. We need a delegated authority, but you have to have men and women that are able, honest, loyal, trustworthy, not filled with corruption, with dishonesty, lying, cheating, lazy. Again, those kind of people, it's better if they never walked onto the team. Keep them away. They'll cause you trouble. They'll split the ministry, split the church, cause problems in the family. You might get a divorce. Keep those people away. Number two, who is your delegated leader? They cannot do the job alone. Moses was the delegated leader of Israel, handpicked by God to deliver the children of Israel from the bondage of slavery. Moses was the delegated leader at that time. You go throughout the Bible and you see different delegated leadership at different times. Whether it was David, whether it was Samson, whether it was Gideon, whether it was Jeremiah, Elijah, John the Baptist. They all had areas of leadership at different times throughout biblical history. We all have different areas of leadership, all of us. Everybody in this room is married. How do you lead? You cooperate together or you give the team a hard time? In other words, you yap your mouth when you should keep it shut in front of the children. Do you cooperate together? Are you a good team? If not, you're going to have some problems. Not only where there won't be that much peace in the home, but you're going to have a home in turmoil and the children are going to rebel. There's no other way around it. The headship rebel, everything under it, it's a spirit of rebellion. The Bible uses the term judge to define the role. See, Moses was also called the judge. Perhaps a better word would be pastor or apostle, though neither is used not in the context of Moses, but it's used in many situations in the church. Beyond leading the entire nation, Moses also served as the arbiter in disputes. He was the negotiator, the judge. They have some times this in different countries, British Commonwealth, an arbitrator between political parties, the ombudsman, the judge. Well, Moses was the judge, the counselor in crisis, the voice of spiritual reason and the administrator of strategy, logistics, and implementation. That was a lot of roles, a lot of hats. No wonder his father-in-law said, you're going to kill yourself, Moses. He was also the go-between and designated travel agent. <laughs> you know, he led them across the sea, led them in the wilderness. He needed some help, some people to go to. And he got some. Too many responsibilities for any man, including Moses. It was pastoral ministry to the max. From morning until evening, he was consumed with petty disputes, chaotic struggles, family arguments, whatever. Can a pastor understand this scenario? I can. I've seen it since 1985, believe me. 
Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, who was old and wise, well acquainted with Moses, saw the problem, spoke up. You will surely wear yourself out. Using 21st century lingo, hey, kid, you'll burn out if you try to do everything by yourself. I'm going to paraphrase it to today. You understand me, Gabe? Delegate. You wear yourself out. You're going to have more than a toe problem. You have a head problem. <laughs> Father-in-law, father-in-laws cannot always speak to their daughter's husbands easily. Unfortunately, the daughter's husband is too proud and arrogant sometimes. But Moses had lived with Jethro's household for 40 years. After defeating Egypt and Traspping around in the desert, Moses was probably not prepared to receive counsel from anyone else but his father-in-law. His unique calling was without precedent in history. His role was too large, too demanding for him to listen to just anyone. But Jethro had his ear and could speak to him in his burnt-out condition. I'll give you counsel and God be with you. What an encouraging way to gain Moses' ear and God be with you. You do it? It is vital understanding for any delegated authority to know that God is with you. You are his called and chosen leader. He must be with you. So Jethro offered counsel. You be the people's representative before God. That should be a primary function of a pastor to pray and intercede for the people. But he or she must also teach them the way, equip them for ministry. Perhaps Jethro had a revelation of the New Testament pastor before anyone else. Stop and consider Moses, the mighty apostolic figure, the man called of God to lead a nation, was burnt out. I remember Elijah being burnt out and complaining to God. Hey, I'm the only one. He was burnt out. He split the Red Sea, but struggled at pastoring the people. I'm talking about Moses. So his father-in-law, who was a priest of Midian, had a revelation from God. What other authority figure was in Moses' life whom he could respect or submit to. Well, it seemed like nobody. Hey, Moses, you're messing up. Give me your, f some, f I'll give you some fatherly advice. Basically what his father said to him, father-in-law said, hey, let me help you if you listen to me. Moses recognized the truth when he heard the truth and he took the advice. Are we wise enough to do that? That is one of the things that made him a great leader. He could change the way he, he did things when he realized what he was doing wasn't right. There have been times when I have discovered that I need some additional advice. I'm not doing something exactly right. When I make such a discovery, I change. That's why I'm connected with broad-based apostolic leaders. That's why we have 120 professors in a Bible school teaching. I believe in delegated authority. I believe in the wise counsel of of the elders, so to speak. They help me recognize when I'm making mistakes. Everyone needs to be connected to others who can help them identify weaknesses, flaws, or problems in their lives. If not, people come blind to them and just keep making the same mistakes. My wife Adalia helps me with her opinion too. She's helped me a lot. Even change this whole conference room to a leadership's room. She was right. I had uh, got too burnt out on too many things and I needed that counsel. Number three, problems need solutions. Although Jethro was a priest in Midian, he was a shepherd and he understood sheep. Now the Greek word for pastor is P-O-I-M-E-N, 
which actually means shepherd. Throughout the Bible, sheep are used as an analogy for people, and rightly so, we often act more like sheep than people. Sheep are so blind and dumb, they'll go right off the cliff if the leader follows, leads. And people, like the mask, we just lead the dummies. The dummies lead the dummies. Put on the mask, take the mask off. Moses was doing many things right, but as a judge, he was not doing well. At this point where Jethro had a revelation of the pastoral side of Moses' ministry and what Moses needed. What a blessing for Moses. His father-in-law could see what he could not. He provided a solution that Moses could understand. Don't try to do everything yourself. You have leaders who can help you. Delegate authority to others. Let them carry the burden with you. If a nation, church, ministry, or family are to succeed, grow and prosper, there must be delegation. In a family, father, mother, and children all have different responsibilities, different jobs to do. If they feel the house is functional, that's because they're doing their job. If it's dysfunctional, they're not doing their job. They're not working as a team. The same principle holds true for a business, ministry, or nation. A team is needed that are loyal, honest, and able, God-fearing, to fulfill the mandate God has given the ministry or nation. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.